you turn your Bibles to the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament, Zechariah, the 8th chapter, Zechariah 8, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Zion with a great zeal. With great fervor I am zealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each one with his staff in his hand, because of great age, the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If it is marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, will it also be marvelous in my eyes, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west. I will bring them back, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. I've <clears throat> received new inspiration on this subject. I just finished two books written by the same author, written in 1910. The first book was called The Chosen People. The second book was The Restoration of Israel, The Hope of the World. Now, this was written in 1910. The author made this statement. If in a few years there will be a great conflict and the Turks shall have to give up Palestine and out of that conflict will be a pact that will open the doors that the Jews can go back to their land. In 1914, the World War, First World War, broke out. General Allenby marched into Jerusalem, and the Turks had to give up their power, and the Balfour Declaration came out of that war, which opened the door that the Jews could start to go back to Jerusalem. How did this author know these things? simply because it's all revealed in the Word of God. God has not forsaken His people. He set them aside 
But remember in the book of Romans, and we'll be coming to that on our Wednesday night study, Paul asked the question, has God forsaken his people? And he said, God forbid. New nations have been born with such frequency in the past several decades that we have become accustomed to accept it as commonplace. We also accept as practically normal a war somewhere or other in the world. The birth of one nation recently attracted much attention. Israel was that nation. May the 15th, 1948, was the day of the Declaration of Independence for Israel, and she became a state. June the 5th, 1967, was the Six Days' War, and Jerusalem was liberated and given back to the Jews. Why should a little nation in a short war attract so much attention? What do, does this mean in relation to Bible prophecy? The Church of God, from its very beginning, stood solidly for the restoration of Israel. I remember when I came into the Church of God and we had a preacher who was, in my estimation, one of the deepest Bible students that I'd ever sat under or listened, E.G. Marsh. At ministers' conferences and at general conferences, he would preach upon this subject and tell us, keep your eyes on the Middle East. He did great research. When he was in Ohio, he went to the rabbinical school uh, and, and into their library and researched their history and their customs. And he followed the Old Testament prophecies and preached that Israel would become a na nation. And as this book I read said, the restoration of Israel is the hope of the world because with that is the coming of Christ. Even though the slaughter of the Jews during the World War II was devastating, the promises of God still remain and Israel will return again. There are so many texts in the Old Testament that we can't deal with everyone, every one of them in one message. But I'd like to deal with a few tonight. In Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2, And it shall come to pass in that day, and that's a significant phrase, that day, the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people 
which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and Pathros and from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, from the islands of the sea, and he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. There's two things that are, I think are important in this, this verse. One is the second time. The other is the extent of this regathering. The first time that they were regathered was when they went into captivity into Babylon, which captivity lasted 70 years. And then some of the Jews, but not all of them, but some of them returned to Palestine. That was the first regathering. Then you remember in Luke 21, 24, Jesus said in his message in the Olivet, Dis Olivet Discourse, And they, referring to the Jews, shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until... And that's another important word, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That's the second captivity. And notice that they were going to be scattered in all nations. And this second regathering that Isaiah was talking about was talking about all these nations in which they were scattered. Some Bible scholars who don't see the restoration of Israel want to say, well, this was fulfilled when the Jews went back from Babylon. But God said all countries, and there are many other verses, we may read some of them, that bears this out, that they're going to be a regathering of the Jews from all these nations. This return includes repossession of Palestine. In Jeremiah, the 16th chapter and the 15th verse, Jeremiah says under inspiration, But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he hath driven them, and I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Now again notice that. He said, I will bring them from all the lands where they were driven. This is not their coming back from Babylon. This is a regathering in the last days because they were scattered at the t in 70 A.D. into all countries. 
In Isaiah 60, verse 21, they shall inherit the land forever. The prophecies say that at this regathering, they'll go back to their land and will not be uprooted. Now, that was not true, of course, when they went back from Babylon, because they were uprooted in 70 A.D. But when they go back in the final regathering, at the coming of Christ, then they will be settled in the land forever. Jerusalem is going to be trodden down until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Many, there are some people who have stumbled over that and have wondered when the times of the Gentiles will end. <clears throat> I can tell you when they'll end. They're going to end when Jesus comes. Then the times of the Gentiles will end. We're still in the times of the Gentiles. Jerusalem is still in precarious conditions. But the time will come when they will be delivered and we will be delivered and changed at that time. In Ezekiel 36, verse 24, For I will take you from among the heathen, and the Hebrew word there should be nations, and gather you out of all the countries, and I will bring you into your own land. See how clear the scripture is on this subject. It's, it's so clear I don't see how people can stumble over it. Or how, how they can take all these precious promises that God gave to Israel and say, well, they're all fulfilled by the church. They're not fulfilled. These are not promises for us. These are promises for God's ancient people. That God made a covenant with Abraham, and he told them he would give them the land, and they're going to possess that land, and they're going to dwell in it. This return that he's speaking about here will be the final return. In Amos, the ninth chapter, verses 14 and 15, and I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, and I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. Why are we so interested in Israel? Because... Israel is the key to the fulfillment of the prophecy of the kingdom of God and the coming of Christ Jesus. It's all in one package. And the events that we're seeing today in the Middle East and the nations that are all involved are the nations that are prophesied in the Bible that are going to be active in the days just prior to the coming of the Son of Man. It ought to thrill us as we read about these things, as we see we are privileged people. We can see so many things on the television 
that shows us the truth of the Bible bears out what these prophets way back hundreds of years ago were telling the people what's going to happen. We're seeing things that many of our pastors never never got to see, but they preached it. Brother Anderson, Brother Austin, Brother Connor, and so on, preached these this these to the church. When you go back, if you go through the files of the Restitution Herald back in their days, about every issue of the Herald had something about the return of Israel. It was a very important subject at that time among the Church of God and among our preachers. Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, verses 26 to 28, he said, A new heart also will I give you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and it shall be you shall be my people, and I will be your God. This is the covenant that God made of Israel. This is what we call the new covenant. <clears throat> the church has come under this new covenant when Christ died. And Israel will come under this new covenant when she finally comes to the place that she recognizes Jesus Christ as her Messiah and turns to him and gives her full allegiance. This they have not done. They've gone back in unbelief, but there'll be a time and it's going to take trouble and they're going to have to get into dire trouble just like they were when they came up to the Red Sea. They came to a place they couldn't go forward and all around was mountains that they couldn't scale and behind them was the Egyptian army. So they cried out to God and God parted the waters and they went by, across on dry land and he saved them. They're going to get in a position where there'll be no help and nobody can help them and they'll cry unto the Lord and Jesus will come and then they shall behold him. The vision in this chapter also of the dry bones pictures new life in Israel. To review a few things, the prophesied return of the Jews to their land will be fulfilled. It will be from all the earth, not merely from Babylon. He said, I will bring them to Palestine, will not be followed by any further dispersions, and will include prosperity in the land, and will be accompanied by a spiritual rebirth for the nation. Jerusalem has a future. 
in Zechariah, he said, God has said, Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. More and more, Jerusalem will appear in our headlines. We're seeing it all along. Jerusalem is a confluence of three continents. Jerusalem is going to be the capital of the world. It's not going to be Washington. It's not going to be Rome. It's not going to be any other place. It's going to be Jerusalem. When God established the kingdom and David set up his throne in the city of Jerusalem, he made that the capital of Israel. And every king of Judah reigned in Jerusalem. And the last king, Zedekiah, was in Jerusalem when the throne was taken away from him. And God said that it would be returned when he came, whose right it is. And when Jesus was born, the angel said that God would give unto Jesus the throne of his father David, and he would rule over Israel forever. And that's what we're looking forward to. This is a great city, the hub of it all. Jerusalem and Israel is the hub of the whole Bible. Everything centers around that. All the other nations that we read about in the Bible only come into view as their relation to Israel, either friendly or unfriendly. But Israel is the nation. That's why we call them the chosen people. They were chosen for a special purpose. The immediate future of the city of Jerusalem to the end of this age will not be one of security. There'll be fightings and there'll be enemies right up to the very end. We might have thought, well, when they became a nation, when they had this great victory that God gave them, and not man on, in the Six Days' War, that that would be the end of all their troubles. But it wasn't. The Bible speaks that it will not be. She will do everything within her power to hold Jerusalem. One of her leaders said, Jerusalem is not negotiable. This does not mean that the city would, will not be in peril. Again in Zechariah 14.2, God says, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be out, cut off from the city. And when the Lord returns, in the midst of this campaign, there will be an upheaval. There will be a war. People, all nations coming against Jerusalem. 
Now this has never been fulfilled, but it's going to be fulfilled, and this will be the final attack upon Jerusalem. You read the 38th and 39th chapters of Ezekiel, it brings into the picture Russia and her allies and their part. They're going to be in this conflict. And God is going to defeat them on the mountains of Israel. The city then will become a period, in a period of its greatest glory, the millennial kingdom. Christ will stand upon the Mount of Olives, and Jerusalem will become the center of the government. For Isaiah 2, 3 says, For out of Zion, Jerusalem, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now we can easily see how all this can be carried out. All the modern inventions that God has allowed to come to pass in these last days can be used in getting the word out. We talked the last time I preached about how all these, many of these inventions came within the last decade. God is getting the world ready for the time of the greatest event since the birth of Christ. In Zechariah again, we read this verse in the verses 3 to 5. It speaks of it being a happy place, old men and old women <coughs> sitting in the streets, not afraid, boys and girls playing in the streets and not fearful. They're not doing that today, but they will. Where will Israel go? Where does the nation of Israel go from here? The prophecies concerning Israel's regathering have not been fully fulfilled. The present political situation that faces Israel is extremely significant in the light of Bible prophecy. Now you remember... <coughs> There are two great events we mentioned, the birth of Christ and the coming of Christ. In order for the birth of Christ, Israel had to be in the land. Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. So God brought them back from Babylon, and they were in the land when Jesus was born. When Jesus returns, he's coming to Jerusalem. His feet is going to stand on the mount. So God now is getting the people of Israel back into their land and preparing them for this second great event. It ought to thrill us as we look at all these prophecies and realize that they might be very close at hand, and maybe, I'm not saying that this is sure, but maybe we might be the people who are living when these things 
transpire. We're living and seeing many things so far. Going back to Romans 11, a New Testament prophecy of Israel, so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, and Paul then quotes from the Old Testament, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sin. All this is significant. Jesus said, Among the signs that he gave was the budding of the fig tree, which is life coming back to Israel. And he said, When you see these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. We are living in great times. We know times are perilous. We know they have to get worse. But let's not keep our eyes on the bad side. Let us look at it in this light. These things are only the opening of the door to the greater thing. The Jews are going back to their land, and we can rejoice tonight at what is taking place. And let us hope and pray that when that day comes, if we are alive or if we are asleep, that we'll be ready for the coming of the Lord.